Welcome to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. Keep up with Lisa's day-to-day problems and solutions she encounters with Outlook, third-party apps, and Office 365. The learning never ends, folks. Learn from Lisa. Welcome to the Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. I'm Lisa Hendrickson, your hostess, and this is show number 89. If you want to check out my past shows and notes, you can go to callthatgirl.biz slash office365. And before we get started, I want to do a shout out to App River. Thank you for sponsoring the show. If you are new to Office 365, sometimes it's easier to get uh, integrated and learn the products better when you have a little helpful uh, helpful hand from another company. Sometimes Office 365 can be confusing. And if you have someone like App River, you can call and talk to their techs at any time. You can work with their sales engineers. If you're having a migration issue, if you want to work with sales, you can have your own rep. And uh, I've been working with them for four and a half years, and I like that when you call, you talk to the person you're supposed to, not a front-level person that handles everything. And they actually have a really nice reception person that answers the phone, too, so it's kind of like got a small company feel, but they're pretty big. Um, And they also have good partner plans and reseller plans. So it doesn't matter if you're a small business or a big one, it's good to have a partner when you need one. Uh, they do have a 10-seat minimum buy-in, but if you tell them call that girl sent you, you can bypass that, and you can contact my rep, Steve Harris, sharris at appriver.com to get started. He'll set you up with your own rep. Okay, you guys, well, since the last show, I've been quite a little busy blogging bee out there. Uh, I think it's been two weeks now. It's September 17th today, Sunday. Um, in the past couple weeks, there's been a lot of things that kind of happened at the same time with uh, the the newsletters I've been doing and the blogging. And I've actually been doing, I did two series of blogs and now I'm starting my third one. So <laughs> series are good because people like reading and keep reading and reading. So the first series I did was um, called Tips on Office 365. Let me get my blog up here. So the first one I did was called, I think I talked about it on the last show, tips on how to buy Office 365, which was for more like my clients. But I also sent it out to the technicians too, because some folks are new and you know it's just good uh, learning for everybody. And I give some tips and recommendations on who not to buy from, who to buy from. You know, always support your local tech if you can. You know, try to get someone that has, you know, their foot in the ground there with the Office 365. But the second blog I did was tips on which to buy for Office 365 Home, because a lot of people are still buying that, and they shouldn't be. Uh, Should you do a one-time purchase or do the subscription model? A lot of people don't know that when you buy it, you're not buying Office 365, you're buying the Office program. The the trick I learned from Diane Peremsky is, um, she's the one who owns Slipstick and the queen of Outlook. (laughs) Office 365, if you hear that word, it's always subscription, always. So if you ever, you know, someone starts talking about it and they say that, well, it's possible they're just talking about the software. And when people call me and they start talking, I don't know what they're buying sometimes because the word Office 365 is used for just about everything, as we know. And you have to drill down and figure out what it is. But anyway, so I, I have um, this blog that I put out as a newsletter also. And I'll put this in the show notes and links so you guys can go read it yourself. Then my third blog was... The one I'm going to put out now, which I haven't put it out yet. Tips on Office 365, Microsoft versus vendor versus your local tech. 
Now I'm putting this out there for my clients to read because I, I mean, I still get calls from people that have other vendors. They've got other techs. I sometimes just come in and do the outlook work. And so there's many ways to buy it. And so I think the blog will be helpful for people, even techs who are just getting their feet wet and want to learn the differences because, you know, if you do a Microsoft Direct and you're a CSP, you know, you have your own support through them. But if you go through a vendor, then you work with the vendor. And sometimes I'm a partner with my vendor, so my clients can actually call AppRiver on their own, which a lot of techs don't want their clients to call the vendor. But if you're doing a break fix and work as a partner, it's nice to have your clients call them first because, you know, a lot of the calls they have in are, I need a new mailbox or I need a, you know, password reset or just simple things, help me with my phone. And that kind of offsets all the little work for me, even though it does take money out of my pocket. It's just a business model I really like. So anyway, this third blog, by the time this show gets out, I'll have it listed also. So in the show notes, you guys, there's going to be three blogs. All three are good tips. And if you want to use that content and share it with your newsletter, your social media, feel free. It's all just good learning. And um, a lot of it's, you know, we have to start telling our clients more about this stuff because people are going out there buying stuff on their own. And unless they know you are offering it and you're not telling them, they're going to go buy it from someone else or get uh, what I call hustled on the phone when they call their, you know, their other companies and, you know, I'm talking like big companies, you know, they'll call and then they get talked into it. And next thing you know, you just lost a sale and you lost support for it. So start putting it out to your networks that you do Office 365. And uh, you'll start seeing some more calls come in. Also, as a good tip is put it on your um, navigation bar on your website and put out a landing page for it. Because a lot of techs, what I've noticed is they put on their navigation bar just some basic stuff, but then... You know, a lot of people don't click on the, what's, you know, like the menu and see what else you might have Office 365 as part of your network solutions or something, or, you know, deep, deep down. I would recommend giving it its own spot in the menu bar and seeing how many clicks you get and see how many calls you get because people, when they start seeing those, you know, eye catching words like that, they'll say, oh, this person actually knows it enough that they put it on their bar there where other companies might hide it and they won't get the calls so much. So those are some tips from me. Um, I get lots of, um, you know, in fact, all my work is for Outlook and Office. So I already got them up on my nav bar right there at the top, ready to go. Okay. So, um, my next blog series I did was, um, it was, it's the GoDaddy blog series. And I actually have had many, many interesting struggles that, let me go dig these blogs out. I actually decided to make a whole series about it because it was, <laughs> there was just a lot of things that they're having problems with. And I kind of want the world to know about it before they go in. So I'm going to put this link up also. It's called GoDaddy Office 365 Help. And in there is four uh, blogs. One is my original GoDaddy Office 365 reviews, which has been out on the interwebs for a long time now. Well, I think maybe since last spring. And then my next one is Office 365 Problems. And I'm going to go open these up real quick here. Another one is how to migrate GoDaddy Office 365 to CSP or another vendor. And that's a really good blog. And here's why. Is because 
When you take a GoDaddy client that's on their Office 365, which is, by the way, the half-baked, you know, kindergarten version, you actually have to do a full um, cutoff of the domain. Remember I talked about this last week. You, you have to completely stop, close out their Office 365. All mailboxes are dead in the, in the GoDaddy account, and then you have to go and set it up with your vendor or whatever. Um, so remember last show I was complaining, I was all worried, and um, I'm going to talk about that next, but <laughs> that's an interesting story. But uh, the thing is, you have to follow a series of things. So I was, after my migration on Monday that I was doing the two gun, you know, I was going to go in with two guns a blazing. That night, I was getting ready to document it, and my buddy Adam from Iowa somehow connected with me, and he sent me an email, and I went snooping around his blog, and I found the exact instructions of what I was just about to do. And the cool thing is, is that he writes technically better than I do. <laughs> I'll give him that. So I was like, hey, Adam, why don't I piggyback our stuff together? And so I created the blogs here and gave him full credit uh, because his was, you guys got to read this. It is uh, very, very good, the documentation he wrote up. And um, I always give credit when credit's due on those things. So anyway, um, boy, this is really weird. I just went to my website and it doesn't look normal. So I better go fix it later. Anyway, I'll be fixed by the time you get to it. So the second one is the GoDaddy problems. And then I wrote one about GoDaddy SharePoint syncing problems. So it turns out that when you are in your GoDaddy Office 365 console, console and you click on the sync button, um, nothing happens. And... I was working with the client and I'm like, how come the sync tool doesn't work? And so I told him, I said, well, look, it works on mine and I've got the full version. And I even know that I even told him, I said, the GoDaddy gives half baked stuff, but I was like, I thought it was a real problem on his computer, not the GoDaddy. So after, but I'd helped the guy for like an hour doing a lot of other things. And at the end he was when he was like, Oh, I got the SharePoint. So I maybe even told you guys this last show too. I'm confused. Maybe I did. But the, the point is, is that they said, nope, you can't do it because we give you such a, you know, scaled down version to make it affordable that you don't get that. Well, turns out there's a registry fix that I spoke to one of my friends, Lynn Dye, who uh, put in um, the show notes, her link to her blog also. She's the OneDrive expert that I work with. And I said, Lynn, I'm pretty sure that we could probably get this to work. And she was like, yeah, well, let's apply the reg patch first or the fix. Then we have the new OneDrive for business um, that we can install. Well, for this guy, all we had to do is run the patch. And it worked fine because he already had it installed for his Windows 10. So that was a super cool just thing to know, okay, that you just need the patch. And But that's a Band-Aid because there's still other problems with the GoDaddy, everything that you can't get. But... So, you know, the, the, the problem is, is that if you're out supporting office and you get clients that call you for stuff and you find out they're on GoDaddy, you know, you have to know how to approach that because you don't want to manage expectations wrong with somebody. If you're like, yep, I can help you with all this stuff. And then the next thing you know, they don't tell you they're on GoDaddy till after you're started. You need to know what you can do and what you can't do because there's a lot of obstacles. You know, you can't set up like two-step authentication or multi-factor authentication there because 
they only allow password resets. They don't have the full back end that you can run that. And I believe it's called the Azure, Azure, and you don't get that. And you also don't get, you, you, know, you kind of get the, you know, I forgot the word, but it's just kind of like the half admin control panel and you don't get all those things. And um, like I said, the SharePoint and you know, it's, just, it's all in my blogs. There's just a lot of things that are wrong. So I have actually added, are you a GoDaddy client on my client agreement form? Because I really want to know going in, you know, what I'm going to be dealing with. And if people are like, yeah, then I can say to them, okay, expect these problems. Well, so since I've been catching all these now, I've got two more people that want migrations now off of GoDaddy before they get too busy and grow, which I said is smart. A lot of these clients want to have new employees come in and I'm like, well, the longer you wait, the more expensive it's going to be to migrate all the employees off. So do it while they're a small business. And, um, Adam, who I was speaking with about the blog he wrote, he's going to be handling my small migrations. And then I've got that other company that I'm going to be sending the bigger ones to because I just have to get out of migration work at this point. I've got other things I'd rather do and I've done, you know, a lot of them. I've got at least 200, I think, domains on my, that I'm managing. That's, you know, probably hundreds of mailboxes. I don't even know exactly how many, but it's a lot. I would rather do what I enjoy, which is the consulting, the doing the aftercare, the SharePoint setup, the fine tuning, calendar sharing, all the little stuff that, you know, other folks maybe don't want to do. That's where I'm going to be sitting, moving ahead. So, Okay, so then let's see. I was gonna finish telling you folks about that um, that Office 365 cut over Tap River. So Monday morning, I scheduled the client at nine o'clock my time, but I actually started early, and I'd done migration with over the weekend, so it was fine. Then I did the final Delta pass, and of course, it took forever for that tiny little bit of mail to get it. So. During that time, I was like, well, I better just back up her outlook anyway, just in case. So I did back it up. And then finally, I was ready to go. So if you follow along with Adam's instructions, you'll understand that, you know, I really didn't want a lot of other jobs that day to do because I just really wanted to focus on doing this one and get it done right. And so I didn't really book many appointments that day. Uh, I think I had a few consult calls. But, okay, so everything went perfect. It did take a few hours. Just to let you know, these are not like switch, you know, click a button, done. You have to wait and you got to do stuff and App River has to hold the mail. Then you have to call them back. They have to release the mail. I mean, there's a lot of little steps, okay? Well, I went to go set up the new profile on their computer. It was around 1.30 in the afternoon, I think. And I'm like, come on, set up. Come on. It would not set up. Now, I know the triggers that the make outlook not set up. I did the basics. I checked the add-ins, plugins. I checked all the antivirus. I was into it for about an hour of me just trying little stuff. I wasn't at, at that point frustrated, but I was like getting there because I try to take everything as a learning lesson. All right, and this was 2016 and it was fine. The right version. Uh, since she was switching, um, just, uh, I don't think I had to, we didn't have to re-sign her in or anything to the right account in the office account in, the, in Outlook. So anyway, I finally called up Ever and said, look, I'm having an issue. Everything's fine. The settings are fine. And the sales engineer and I 
together, troubleshooted many different things. And finally, finally, he was like, well, actually, he caught it right away. And he was like, why is that doing, I think it's called IP, I, it's, excuse me, I don't know networking lingo, 100%, but it's IPv6, I think, in the adapter settings. Let me just go verify. I don't want to sound stupid. Um, yeah, it's called IPv6. And he was like, why is she using that? And I was like, I don't know, but I don't do troubleshooting in networks really anymore. So that was the first thing he noticed. So as we start troubleshooting down through all the things that we think could cause it, he said, she's on a Motorola um, 5G. I bet that's it. And I was like, well, look, I did have another appointment at that time. I was like, call her up, see if you can work on it, and I'll help my other client, and I'll call you back. And he sent me an email and said, yep, that was it. She ended up having to switch from 5G to 4G, and then Outlook would set up, and it was just fine. And I was like, oh, my God. I think I was into that Outlook setup for over two hours for sure. <laughs> and I was getting frustrated. Now, I did not cry, but I was getting frustrated. And let me just tell you that. Um, it would have been done. So now I've added to my troubleshooting. If Outlook doesn't set up, it's possibly the Wi-Fi or the internet. It's just not so common that I didn't even think about it. And, you know, he's, you know, he troubleshoots a lot of different things like me. So I'm glad he caught it. Cause as soon as it started downloading, I told her, leave your Outlook open, you know, da, 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 the usual things. And she was good to go. So if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have had any issues, but that kind of was a bummer to me because I was hoping for a nice seamless migration, and it did not happen. Well, that's okay. All right, now I didn't even add on any other jobs this week, you guys, because I think I'm going to have a short show here. Um, I have a couple announcements. So I think I'm going to have to start doing blogs more often because I have more content coming out. I was approached by... Channel Pro Network, I told you last week I had a little announcement. Channel Pro Network asked me a few weeks ago if I wanted to start um, contributing content to their online magazine and maybe even in their real magazine, we'll see. And I said, sure. So I spent some time looking at their website, found some areas of interest, and they have now added me to their spotlight section. And I got to say that I'm in pretty good company. Um, if you look at all the people in the spotlights area, uh, I'm just, I'm pretty proud to be with these companies and uh, the few other solo folks in there, like uh, um, Manuel Palachek, he's in there. He has his own section, and I'm like, hey, I got my own section now, too. In fact, I'm sitting right next to the ASCII group, which I just joined a few months ago. So I'm like, I'm, it's a proud moment for me to, to be in that group and to participate and contribute. And eventually, hopefully, I can start going to some events. Um, Probably here in a couple months I can travel again. I don't know if you, anybody knows, but I had a leg injury six months ago and I'm still healing. But so anyway, I'm pretty proud about that. So now with that new content, they want more and I want to get up more out because content is part of my marketing I do. And also App River approached me and asked me to contribute some blogs to their partner page. So if you're a partner with App River, there's a blog section there and we're going to start uh, pretty much what I'm going to do is write one blog for lots of channels. That's what I'm going to use is the word channel. I've got channels now. But I also have places on LinkedIn and Facebook and the newsletters and stuff like that that I try to get it all out. So 
so that is um I should start having more podcasts weekly and they might be smaller who knows we'll see but I I also have um a new series of blogs that I'm going to be working on this one is going to be one blog a week and this one is called uh marketing and SEO tips for business owners now if you guys remember I did start that uh, SEO business called I found you on the internet well that went fine but then I realized that people had too many too many different kind of questions for me after I did it for a while they wanted me to resell they wanted to refer me they wanted all these special things and I was finally like you know what I don't think I want to run a reselling business where I white label stuff I thought about it but I decided I didn't want to do that because a lot of the questions I have to make it work for me would require me talking to the clients because there's just too many particulars, you know, and these people that wanted me to white label it, they just wanted to do stuff. But the list of stuff I had for them to do was pretty big and the return on their money wouldn't have been good. So then I picked up another SEO client and this guy, I got to tell you, he's got a lot going on. And once I got access to his stuff, I started looking at his website and he actually has a marketing person and he's got a virtual assistant. And I was pretty impressed that I said, I think I'm going to open this up to be more of a SEO coaching, which I think he was the perfect client for it because he wanted to actually learn too. And I was like, you know, I think I'm just going to think about change the SEO packages to be more coaching, mentoring and and then if people really don't want to learn it, don't then they won't hire me to learn it. But those that want to, I can schedule appointments with them and teach them how to do specific things themselves. And so next weekend, I'm going to be working on that. And I'm going to try to do 50-50 with the Outlook, with the marketing. Um, doing Outlook all day, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. I, I love it still, but just all day long, it's just kind of getting to my brain. I like a little relief from the marketing side. And, um, so anyway, that's my goals for 2018, I think is to kind of start getting out there and doing other things and being an entrepreneur and taking that risk. Cause without risk, there's no reward, you know? So anyway, I'm, this blog series I'm working on, I'm going to put this in the link in the show notes too. It's going to be about 16, 17 blogs. I'll do one each week until the end of the year. Um, I cover lots of little topics and they're all just free information. And of course it's, you know, hopefully someone will read it and go, yeah, I don't want to do it. I'll hire Lisa to help me learn it because I'm going to give out enough information for someone to be able to do it, but I can't get down to the technical detail of, you know, doing stuff because that's just too much, but I'll put out enough answers, you know, and I, and I like giving away information for folks because they, they do learn and, and it helps them and they don't forget when it comes to, oh, I've known this person, you know, people refer. So I'm all about that. Um, also, let's see, I'm going to work on those. And then I've also partnered up with, um, a lot of you guys might know this site, the gegeek.com site. And I work with Jason, the owner, and he's uh, put up a little marketing section now there, which he said, you're more than welcome to fill it up. So they don't, uh, the GE Geek site hasn't had a marketing section and I'm, you know, looking forward to putting these blogs out there and for text to start reading them and learn because marketing is kind of fun, you know, and if you really don't love it, then you got to market your business somehow and then you got to hire folks and 
Sometimes the do-it-yourself stuff is kind of easy. I don't think it's that difficult anyway. Um, it shouldn't be, but a lot of people don't like doing anything, so they won't get it. All right, so let me see where we're at here, gang. All right, 25 minutes. So, anyway, I didn't talk about a lot of jobs this week. I'm sorry. I just want to get all, all these blogs and all this information. You guys will have a lot of reading to do if you're interested in learning more about the GoDaddy, learning about the um, Office 365. I got three links out there. And then I also have a Microsoft, hold on. I actually created a blog also, which you guys can look at. I'll put that in the links too, is Office 365 pricing. Because now that it's, I mean, Office has kind of become a service that everybody can do. So if you put your pricing up on your website, I'm going to tell you that some folks are against pricing on the website and some are for it. I'm all for pricing on my website, and here's why. Because if someone finds it and they see my pricing and it's outside their budget, they're not going to call me. And I'm okay with that because there is no negotiation with my pricing. It is what it is. And a lot of businesses, they're like, yeah, we want to call and smooth them in and do your sales hustle and everything. But I can tell you that you can hustle someone for a half hour, and if they get your price at the end and they don't like it, you just wasted your half hour. Unless you are really smooth, which I'm not smooth. Okay, I, I'm good at telling them the price and then what I can do and then I schedule appointments. I'm kind of into that, you know, once they're good with the price, I'll get the appointment. Okay, that I'm good at. But I'm not a good closer on, you know, on that. So that's why I like the prices. And plus you guys, as I was saying, is that a lot of techs are doing Office 365 now. It's, it's kind of like Windows virus removals. It's common and everybody wants it and those that don't they still need the software they still need something and plus thank you windows 10 for now with their new um login with your office 365 account that just brings in even more and microsoft just keeps bringing it to us so there's a lot of ways we're related to office 365 whether you really want to do the business side or not there's things that you got to do so uh, i'll put my pricing link out there too and I do have um, vendor pricing, Microsoft supported so people can compare, migration labor pricing. Now, here's the other thing is that two years ago, all the migration work I was doing was awesome. Nobody was hardly doing migrations, like common, you know, the common folks out there doing tech work. But now it is, you guys, it is common. So when people call me now and they're like, how much is it? You got to have a firm price and you got to just say it because they're out shopping. And when they hear one company does it for $50, which to me is insanely too low considering the work you're going to do. But you know what? If you price yourself around the competitive price, then at least you're in the competitive edge and you can start saying, well, and we also offered this. So you can start adding on benefits. So, you know, people like, so then people find a value add to your pricing for that. And then I put in there my four-hour tickets, my eight-hour tickets, and I try to say, here's what I do. So if a client decides to hire one of my migration companies, um, I also require them to buy a prepay for me because once the migration's over, the client comes back to me. Okay, so if you're a small business and you're like me and you're like, yeah, I don't want to do the migration work, great, go outsource it and then bring the work back to you. And in fact, I've actually made it so my migration companies have to use um, my sales from AppRiver because I want to retain them. 
And AppRiver is my connection to that. And the two companies I'm working with aren't, you know, we've already agreed, no stealing. And so if you're worried about that, always try to get that. Um, you can have an official agreement in place, I guess. I'm just taking it for a handshake right now because I think both these guys are cool and I just, they're nice guys and I just don't see them doing that. But if you do the sale, they don't have control over it anyway, right? Okay. So some final tips here, gang. Um, remember to get the Office 365 sales and support stuff out to your people. Add it to your newsletters. Post it on your Facebook. And start watching in the Facebook groups, um, the Office and the Outlook groups we're in for little tips and stuff. A lot of people, they're confused. But if you write up a quick little story and put it out there, you know, your clients will start paying attention. It's the big word right now. And remind them to buy local, support local. Maybe we can get some of these people to stop calling those clowns over at Clown Daddy. Clown Daddy. Because they will. Give them a second and those people are sucked right in. And then they're, get this, even worse, they're sucked into a three-year commitment paying eight or nine hundred dollars. You're like, why wouldn't you get me eight or nine hundred dollars? <laughs> well, I don't know how our clients, you know, can give out a credit card for $900 for a three-year deal or to a virus scam hacker from another country. He doesn't even speak good English, but yet we try to sell him on something, you know, from us. And they're like, yeah, I think I'll just stick to your hourly. I don't want to buy a prepay for 500, but I'm like, but you can call these other companies and spend it. I don't get it. But anyway, those are my tips, you guys. To also close here, I do know a technician out of California that's also doing custom signatures. So if you have a client or you know a company that needs a custom signature created, um, email me and let me know if you want his name. I'm putting him out in my referral circle because that's just something unique and he created me one that's pretty cool and I really like it. And don't forget to check out the Office in 365 resource guide. I've been trying to keep that updated. So basically folks, this podcast is going to have a ton of links and names and contacts. I'm probably going to spend more time editing this than I did talking, but next show we'll get back to stories and fun stuff. And like I said, I've been busy trying to write all these things, so I didn't have a lot of time, a lot of time, but anyway, that's it folks. If you got any questions, feel free to email me, Lisa at callthatgirl.biz. Uh, check out my help desk offerings at callthatgirl.biz slash help desk. Those are selling really good. And I'm going to close the show. This has been a Heyman Hendrickson production, audio supported by Mitch Heyman. That's it, folks. See you next week.